Thank you for joining the Pinewood Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you fresh perspective on how God is moving in your life. For more information, visit us at pinewoodboulder.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, T, turn to the person next to you and say, hey, this message is for you. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on, one more time. This message is for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with a little bit of gratitude. One, for, for my lovely, super pregnant wife, uh, who, who has is, who is graciously given me the time, space, and grace to, to, to prepare the best message I could this week uh, whilst being pregnant. And we also have a two-year-old named Dax. Um, I'd like to thank this community. You guys have made me feel so loved this week. Like, it is amazing. Like, Ross brought me coffee yesterday, like four bottles of coffee. Like, everybody just sent me texts, and like, just overwhelmingly, I am encouraged, and I feel loved by all of you, and I just, I feel it every day. I'm, I don't know how people could go about life without a community like this. And most importantly, uh, our pastors, Parker and Jess, uh, for um, being obedient and faithful to what God's called you to do here in Boulder, Colorado. You've changed uh, my life. You've changed how I uh, parent. You've changed my marriage. You've changed my relationship with Jesus. And uh, I am eternally grateful. I can't get teared up. Here we go. We're, we're, we're in this team. Hey, so uh, have, uh, by a show of hands, who has ever felt out of place? Like, uh, like they don't belong. You walk in somewhere, you feel like you aren't confident. I think, I think everybody could say that. I feel that way when I'm at Home Depot. Um, I feel like there's a bunch of Ron Swansons around. Like, have y'all seen that? Where it's like, like, like you try to, like, you would, you try to talk to them and be like, I know more than you. And uh, I feel like that all the time. I felt like that. My, my wife and I both felt like that when we, uh, when we moved to Boulder, Colorado. We looked around and we said, man, like, everybody is so fit and beautiful and wealthy and intelligent. And their resting heart rate is below 30 beats a minute. And they've got perfect teeth, and I don't know, I don't know if we, if we belong here. Uh, I felt this way when Parker asked me to preach, if I'm honest. I felt fear a little bit. I felt like, what on earth? Like, I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't go to seminary. Uh, what, what possible uniqueness could I bring to this? And that's, that's, of course, that's fear, and that's what we're talking about tonight. I see this also in my son, Dax. I take him to gymnastics every Saturday at one o'clock. Uh, it's a nightmare, uh, in a good way. But he walks in some days, and he feels confident. He feels like, man, I just I want to play. I'm curious. I want to play with all the other kids. I want to do all the things. I want to jump in. And uh, there's other days he walks in and he doesn't feel that way. He feels uh, a lot of fear. He starts looking at other kids and like, oh, they're hanging on to stuff higher than he can reach. He looks at things that are new and how things change in the area. And he gets, uh, he gets overwhelmed and he loses his confidence of being there. And he, he kind of breaks down and he wants to leave. And so that's what we're talking about today. Uh, we've been in Psalms all summer. We're going summer through Psalms. Tonight, we're going to be in Psalm 139. You can go in and turn your Bibles or your internet machines to, to, uh, to Psalm 139. We'll get there in a second. But Psalms are interesting. I, I did a lot of research on, on Psalms, and scholars say that uh, if all the Old Testament were lost, God forbid, uh, the essentials of faith of the, of the Israelite people could be recovered through this one book. So basically, I mean, you could, if you're going to read one book, it's Psalms, but, but you need the other books. Maybe not Leviticus. I'm kidding. But you, you need them all. You need them all. You're all good. Uh, Parker's like, Shh, dude, dude, don't make me regret this. <laughs> dude, be cool. Like, all the Old Testament books are important and relevant. You need to read them. 
So uh, scholars say that David probably was writing this. Uh, he spent a lot of time in caves. Uh, he spent a lot of times running from people. He had, uh, like, a lot of people betray him. Dude had more reason to fear than most characters in the Bible. Um, and so scholars say this is probably around the time that his son Absalom, his son, uh, plotted against him for like four years and uh, basically pushed him out of the kingdom. I would be pissed if Dax did that to me. Like, I would be mad, but we don't see that. We, so, we don't see that in this psalm. We see, uh, uh, scholars call this a, a psalm of confidence. And so let's dive in. It's Psalm uh, 139, 13 through 18. Uh, we're reading the CSB because... Um, reasons. Uh, for, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is some of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you uh, for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your protection, your covering. Lord, we thank you that you made each of us uniquely. You set a plan for our life. And that you sent your son to die for us. Lord, we are in awe of you. Lord, we pray for some 75-degree days next week, if it's in your plan. Uh, in your heavy name, I pray. Amen. And all God's people said amen. amen. So tonight's message, if you're taking notes, which you all should be, because I'm watching. There's a direct correlation in, in holiness and note-taking, so maybe take notes. The title of today's message is Fearfully Made, Not Made to Fear. Ooh. We're going to get rowdy tonight, team. I read the psalm and I wondered to myself why many of uh, my many of us don't feel confidence. Like, uh, the Bible says we should radiate with God's glory. Like, as Christians, we should radiate. It says in Psalm 34, those who look, at, look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. I thought about this. You ever see somebody and you're like, oh man, you've been on vacation. Like, they look about 30% more attractive. They, uh, you know, they're, they're tan. They're not tired. You know, they look well rested, no bags under their eyes. Like, oh man, I know, like you've been somewhere tropical. Like that's how people should look at us as Christians. They should be like, oh man, there's, there's something different about that guy. There's something different about that girl. That confidence, I can see it without them even telling me. But I, I wondered to myself why this doesn't happen. Like why, why so many Christians, why so many people are, uh, are living in fear, are fearful. Because God says we're anointed. He says we're appointed. He says we're chosen. He says we're blessed. He says we're called, covered, healed, whole, justified, king, queen. He says we're sons and daughters, no longer slave to fear, dead to sin, yoked. And if, if we know all those things, why, why is it that we aren't, aren't confident? I feel like so many people lack confidence because of fear. We fear because of the things that happened to us in the past in our family. We fear because of identity that's been spoken over us. That's a lie from our family and some people we call friends. But mostly we fear because we look away from God. We look inward. We look outward. And we don't look upward. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I want to take some time and speak some faith and truth from God's word over your life. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but one of power, love, and sound mind. Someone in this room needs to hear this. You cannot let fear keep you from what God has created you for. 
He has a plan for your life, and you should be excited about it. I want to arm you so you can tack these lies of fear every day. That sound okay? Cool. So uh, I know I recognize that, that Parker usually does three points. Um, I'm going to do seven points because God made me uniquely, and, and seven is the number of completion. But we're going to go through them. We're going to go through them real quick. It's going to be great. So I made them all C's to help, except for one. One's a C sound. Bear with me. Uh, <laughs> You guys are getting a really good picture of who I am. Uh, so number one, say number one. All right. A fearful heart cheapens. Fearful heart cheapens. It says, I am worthless. But the Bible says, for you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Jesus said it in Luke. He says, uh, I know every hair in your head. I've counted them. I know them right now. I know how many hairs are on your head. He knows every detail about you. If there's a reason pregnancy is, uh, is so hard. It takes a lot of work. And, of course, I'm the dude saying that, that I get the easy part. I just get, like, the visual of watching my, my wife. But it's got to be at least, like, 1% harder for her, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's hard on me, but, like, maybe a little bit harder for her. <laughs> hey, that's funny. And it's kind of, it's kind of insulting that I don't think that's funny, okay? I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, so sometimes we cheapen the, the miracle of being human. What would it look like? To know our worth all the time. What would it look like to tell somebody else their worth? Like when you see a child and you see everything that goes into pregnancy, you see uh, how, how much goes into the making of each person. Like what, if we, what if we walked around with that kind of attitude and we valued everybody that same way? Don't you think people would feel like I was made with great detail and value? Number two. Say number two. Number two. A fearful heart compares. Compares. Who here has ever compared their life to somebody else? If you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar, and I see you, okay? If you have Instagram downloaded on your phone, you've done this. You have to. Like, you see everything. You compare yourself to everybody around you. Comparison is the worst. It says, you know, I was happy until I saw how happy you were. It says, I'm not as strong as Mike. It says, I'm not as, uh, I'm not as handsome as Adam. I'm not as cool as Jake. I can't preach like Parker. Why are my teeth so small? Like comparison, comparison does things that weren't ever intended to do to you. But verse 14 says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am unique. There is no one like me. There's no one like me. Everything about me is individual and unique. My passions, my mind, my body. We must seek out the specific character, gifts, and talents that God's given us. Otherwise, we will live as shells of what was intended. We should even praise him for our weaknesses, for the things that like, we are super bad at. Because in our weakness, he makes us strong. He fills that gap. If we reference it and say, hey, God, I'm not, I'm not good like this. I need your help. That's where he, that's where he thrives, man. That's the, that's the money. We should praise him for making us the way he did. How would it look like? For us to celebrate each other's uniqueness instead of covet it. Covet is just a fancy church word for being jealous for the the newer people in the room. Say number three. three. Stick with me, team. Fearless heart questions. It says, I don't belong here. This is a mistake. I am an accident. When verse 14 says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully. I saw this and I was like, man, this is super weird. Like it's, the Bible's calling out like how God is fearful. 
When you read into the translation, it says that fearful is more like a reverence. It's a uh, intention. It's without neglect. He said, he made you without neglect. He made you with intention. He made you with reverence. He made you with awe. So we can say, I am no accident. I am fearfully made for a purpose. And if we knew that every day, we would be expectant for yourself and others. Faith is saying, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm excited because God made me with intention. Because God said, I'm not going to make accidents. I don't do accidents. You have a purpose. Hmm. Number four. Say number four. A, a fearless, sorry, a fearful heart critiques. Critiques. It says, look at all my flaws. Look at the flaws of the world. Who here is a critic? Like, I mean, if you're honest with yourselves, who, who, who like critiques everything? You've got, you got something to say about everything. You got an opinion. It's okay. I'm with you. Right? Like, you got something to say. My wife and I, we're, we're kind of we're like this, right? We love watching the Olympics. Whenever the Olympics come around, we love watching ice skating. I have no shame. I love the music. I love everything. In the first five minutes, I'm like super stoked. I'm like, what song is going to come on? What are they going to do? How long is he going to hold up the girl? You know, like everything. I am stoked to see what is going to happen. But by like the second hour, something like a mistake happens. Like they, fit, they trip up, they fall. And how quickly do we both... Be like, Psh, that was a garbage triple Lutz. <laughs> like how quickly we went from, man, this is amazing. Humans are awesome to, what an idiot. This is an idiot. Verse 14 says, wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. This is great because David's, David's like, as he's writing this, it said, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. That's like him saying, like, hey, thanks for making me. I'm awesome. Like, it's a little bit of a chest beat. David's feeling himself right here. He's like, hey, man, this is the, this is the scriptural equivalent of feeling cute, might delete later. You know? <laughs> what, it, what would it look like if we had as much respect for ourselves as God does for us and others? Dude, it is awesome. We should be walking around going, this is amazing. We get to live in Boulder, Colorado. We got iPhones. We get to do a bunch of really cool stuff all the time. We're all made uniquely. We should be constantly in awe, constantly overwhelmed with awe. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Say number five. Five. Almost done. Look at this. We're almost killing it, team. Fearful heart controls. It says, I'll do it my way. Or I must take control. I hate flying. My, my, I hate it. I want to I wanna like it. I want to be calm on flights. My dad was a 30-year pilot in the Marine Corps. I know like all seven causes of turbulence. I know, I know that if both engines in a plane were to, were to fail, uh, a 737 could glide for 400 miles. I know uh, that you're more likely to get hit by lightning like 10 times in your lifetime than actually be in a plane crash. I know that if a plane got hit by lightning, you would still be okay because they're made for that. But yet I'm still scared. Whenever there's turbulence, I'll grab on. Parker's flown with me. I'll grab on as tight as I can to the armrest as if to say, that's going to stop the turbulence. <laughs> or even worse, it's like, or if I hold on tight enough and we crash, I'll be, I'll be fine. It's just like the most ridiculous thing ever. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Verse 16 says, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me. 
This means my steps were ordered. Like God has a plan. And I just love how, how, how trusting this verse is. David Livingston was an explorer. Uh, he, uh, when he was asked about uh, if he was worried about going to his, uh, his first expedition in Africa, he said the following, and I just I love this so much. <clears throat> I am immortal until God's will for my life is complete. Whew. I am immortal until God's will for my life is complete. How freeing is it to let go like that? That should be, I mean, that should be us. Trust God's destination for your life, and you would walk with that kind of confidence into everything. Be like, hey, man, my debt's paid. If this is what God wants for me, this is it. Side note, though, this isn't like, like don't prepare. Like, wear, wear a helmet. Like, wear a seatbelt. Study for the test. This is just go with a posture of confidence. That's what we're, that's what we're focusing on. Okay, uh, uh, say number six. A fearful heart conceals. It says, I'm not really known, and if I was, I wouldn't be loved. I'm sure you've experienced this, where you feel like you're loved but not known. This is tragic. Where people, people are like, man, I just, love, I just love Matt. I just love Kayla. But they don't really know us. They don't know, like, they don't know all of us. And then conversely, you feel like people know you, and then they don't love you. Like, how tragic is it both? But how awesome is it that... I love how the Passion Translation says it in verse 17. Every single moment you are thinking of me. This is talking about God. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. God knows you more than you know yourself. God knows everything about you. He knows every mess up. He knows every terrible thing you've done, every terrible thing you're going to do, and he loves you anyways. He loves every sin you haven't committed yet, and he still loves you. The closest thing I have to this is Kayla, and man, it's a really, it's, I praise her because I mess up a whole lot, but God is even better. God is even better. So, Lord thinks about each of us all the time. Number seven, here we go. Last one, team. A fearful heart cowers. Fearful heart cowers. Says, I can't do this alone. I am alone. Like this isolation without intention is desperation. That's what that is. Like when I put myself in a position of isolation without a purpose, like that's, that's putting myself in a, in a place of desperation. And God doesn't want that for us. In verse 18, it says, when I wake, I am still with you. And even earlier, David talks about in 7 through 10, he says, where could I go from your spirit? Where could I hide from your face? Talking about God. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. Man, why would we ever cower if we, if we committed that to heart? I think we would confront rather than cower. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I would move in that way. I would be not confrontational, but I would be confident in confronting everything that happens to me. God cares more about your availability than your ability. Like most, he just wants your heart. He'll fill in the rest. Availability over ability. So that's it. Those are the seven points. Nice. <laughs> so... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite the band back up, and we're going we're gonna to close. 
And so I said, could you, uh, could you imagine you're living your life without this affirmation? Could you imagine uh, you didn't have a God who made you uniquely? You didn't have a God who made a plan for your life? You didn't have a God who was with you all the time and didn't know everything about you? How pointless and tragic this life would be. If God didn't make us, then we're just an accident. Like, and we're just floating around, man. And there's just no purpose to it all. And so how do we live and go through our week with this confidence as Christians? So I'll keep it simple. It's kind of two points. It's one beefy, t- well, it's three points. Bear with me. Here we go. Point number one, look to him. Look at him. Talk to him. I love that, I love that when, when Dax and I are at the gymnastics gym, uh, uh, he, will, he will go up to something and he'll like, He'll have this moment where he'll look at it and go, oh, man, I'm scared. And then he'll look back at me, and I'll say, hey, buddy, you got this. And just like that, he's got all the confidence in the world. And that's what God is times a thousand, times a million. All we got to do is say, hey, God, what's your plan? What you got for me? Is this what, it, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Can I do this? And he'll say, yeah, I got you. But how are you supposed to know what you're made for without knowing who made you? You got to spend time with him. You got to pray. You got to talk to him. You got to read your word. You got to get a good circle. If your circle doesn't make you feel like a star, you need a new circle. You need people who are going to speak life over you and truth over you. Don't, Don't let people get their sad all over you. Don't let people tell you something you're not. Let him speak truth over you. Get to know your maker. Number two, turn from separation. We call it sin. Sin is anything that separates us from God. It's anything. It's, it's me not spending time with him because you can't do both. You can't simultaneously be serving yourself and serving God. It's a binary thing. Turn from sin and confess your sins. Repent. It's a fancy word for, hey, God, I messed up. And lastly, confess Jesus as Lord of your life. And if this is you tonight, I want to I talk to you. I want to know your story. I want to walk that journey with you. Because it's not, it's not simple. It's complex. Everybody's unique. And I want to hear that story. We want to walk this journey with you. And so if this is you and you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus today, find one of us. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to paint that picture for you and give you the tools to have that relationship. But what's really cool, agnostic of other people, is that you can just talk to him anytime. He's here right now. You can close your eyes and you can say, Father, Jesus, I just want to know what you got for me. Because I don't know. I don't know. I feel alone. I feel sad. I feel isolated. I feel like I'm comparing. I feel like I'm not unique. I feel like garbage. Tell me what you got for me. And he'll answer. But you got to spend time with him. So let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful that we can trade our panic for your peace. We can trade our anxiety for your anointing, that we can give you our worst and you can give us your best. Lord, we thank you that you made us uniquely and fearfully 
that we don't have to compare, that we can give ourselves a chest beat because you're behind us, you're with us, you cover us. Lord, we thank you for your plan. We thank you that you've prepared wonderful things that we could never, ever imagine. Lord, we ask that you just be with us. You be with us in this last song. You be with this community. We thank you for your son. Be with us this week. In your heavenly name we pray. Our community at Pinewood Church aims to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus in Boulder and around the world. Thank you for your support. If you would like to further connect with us, you can find out more at pinewoodboulder.com or on any social media platform with the handle at Pinewood Boulder.